This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Open Table. This is a show which wants to break down barriers. We want to build bridges and weave the fabric of a cohesive society. Living a life of service. This phrase is often used in current day and age to tell us how we can live a more purposeful life by serving others. Religion or faith is no exception when thinking of living a life of service. So I decided to explore this topic a bit more with our panelists from different faiths. I found answers to my questions about what is the role of service in faith and why it is critical to their faith. Both Sister Amina and Reverend Filomeno gave me insights into how service helps individuals lead a better life. We also talked about how to overcome judgment, greed, and desensitization to human suffering. But during our discussion, I was intrigued about What does faith tell us about service to our environment, the plants, the animal kingdom, and beyond? Should they be part of our service circle? To find the answer to this question, I encourage you to listen to the full discussion of Open Table. Kia ora, peace and blessings to all of you. Welcome back to another episode of Open Table with me, your host, Hafsa. Today, our topic for discussion is living a life of service and talking about the role of service in different faiths. I am joined today by two special panelists. I have Sister Amina in Laws and I have Reverend Philomena Kinera. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. So what I want to do is first just begin with the question of, um, you know, what is the role of service in your faith? So I, I would invite Sister Amina to start us off and then we can go to Reverend Philo. Thank you. Um, well, the foundation of Islam uh, is heavily uh, involved on social and community involvement. Uh, one can say that among the initial and main messages of Islam were monotheism, belief in God, um, a good ethical pattern, and also uh, living a, a good life uh, within society, uh, you know, serving people, whether it's charitably, whether it's through work uh, or other means. So I would say that that is part and parcel of the Islamic ideal, that um, part of one's spirituality is to do things that uh, benefit the greater whole and to have a social consciousness and a social mindset. Mm. 
mine. Thank you, Sister Romina. Reverend Philo. Yeah, the role of service in faith. Um, that is, uh, uh, just to add on to what Sister Amina said, it's similar. And it is the essence of spirituality in the Christian faith that is to take care of uh, those around us to serve. And that's the ethos of uh, our faith. Um, from the people we meet to the homeless we see in the street, uh, it seems like a society constantly remind us how important it is to be concerned about others, to serve others, so we can't get away from it. So that's the essence of our, our spirituality and that's the teachings, um, the core teaching of our faith. And uh, it, it's just, to me, it's just quite simple in a way that uh, when we decide to notice, when we decide to act, when we decide to make a difference, even in a small way, we have taken the first step in changing the world and making a difference. And that is what faith is all about. Mm. Thank you, Reverend Philo. Um, I think both of you touched on the, 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 uh, the relationship of service to spirituality. Mm -hmm. And I really want to talk a little bit more about that and find out a little bit more. How, how is service related to spirituality? How would you explain that to uh, someone who hasn't had any experience with service? How is that related to spirituality? Well, I think it depends on whether you're looking at the person who, who is uh, carrying out uh, the service uh, or the overall uh, bonds of society. Uh, I think one of the advantages of uh, offering service to other people um, with a spiritual or faith-based mindset um, is that it, I think it can uh, facilitate uh, the building of bonds between people a bit stronger than uh, merely a, a material or a secular perspective. Um, and uh, can, can actually build a build community bonds and if you will uh, bring people's hearts together. I mean this is not to say that uh, secular services don't offer a lot. They offer a lot of practical help. Uh, but I have noticed that sometimes the the human element isn't there. You know, for example, sometimes you see uh, housing projects in some places which do they offer a house for people who need it, but unfortunately there ends up being a, a lot of violence and a lot of instability. Uh, whereas I think when you add this extra dimension of uh, spirituality and, and a focus uh, beyond only the material to serving people, uh, it can help um, you know bring people together like, like virtually any world religion did in its uh, instantiation. You know, such as Islam, for example, uh, we know came to a society which was very fragmented and had a lot of violence, uh, tribal violence, just interpersonal violence, etc. Uh, and in a short period of time. Uh, there was a lot of peace in the society, and the Quran mentions that it is God who brought people's hearts together. So uh, there is something to be said uh, for that uh, divine spark, which can unite human hearts. And one way to transmit that uh, is through uh, extending one's hand to another. Uh, and from an Islamic perspective, uh, and I would guess this is probably shared in other faiths as well, uh, there is the belief that what one has is... You know, it, it is provided by God, and it's all also a sort of loan, especially if it is in excess of what one needs. 
Um, so if I'm offering things or if I'm offering talents or, or my personal energy or whatever it is, or even physically using, say, my hands or my feet to do something, uh, my understanding is that these things are all essentially uh, the property of God, which I have been given on loan for a while. And so uh, my responsibility is to use them in the way that uh, would be pleasing to God, um, among which uh, is building society around me. Uh, and so it's not necessarily maybe in seen ideally at least as an imposition or I have to do something or do something extra, but it's just part of how one lives as a human being in my relationship to the divine and, and the society. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Sister Romina. Reverend Philo, do you want to add on to what Sister Romina said? Yeah, um, like we, we talk about a lot about faith and uh, like in Christianity, we talk about love, we talk about compassion, we talk about helping one another. But if that doesn't translate into actions, it will be so meaningless. And, um, and, and uh, to, to, to help someone in, in different ways through, through, through service or some practical help, um, for us, it's like um, it's uh, accomplishing the purpose that God has placed us on this planet and is to care for one another, to love our neighbors and, and, and to help one another. Like we can keep talking about the Christian faith but if we don't go out and put it into a visible way that this is what I'm all about, this is what love is, this is what compassion is, we can keep talking and shouting even from the rooftop and it doesn't make sense to people because they can't see the visible expression of our faith. Hmm. So having looked at uh, spirituality from and the connection to service in both the faiths uh, that both of you have referred to. My mm. next question goes to where does the scripture specifically address service? So if we can go with yeah, you, Reverend Fellow, this time. Okay. Uh, all, all throughout our, our scriptures, especially in the life of Jesus, is all about service. It's all about service, it's all about helping others. It's all about um, uh, uh, meeting the needs, um, showing compassion to the outcasts. And, and, and that is the main theme, the thread that runs throughout um, scriptures. And, uh, and uh, Jesus tells us over and over again that how important it is to serve others as a part of leading the Christian life that is to serve others. And uh, a genuine commitment to others is ultimately a commitment to God. So we are serving others because we are also because we love God and we love others. So it's that horizontal vertical relationship that God and others. And um, and uh, I think I don't know someone said to me once that when you serve others, it's like God is telling you, thank you for looking after my people. And uh, I think that, that is quite interesting. Well, uh, what the scriptures say, there is an interesting dialogue that I found in the book of Matthew, where Jesus has this conversation with his um, followers. 
And um, I just have written here, and Jesus said to his followers, I was a stranger and you did not, and you did not take me in. I was naked and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not visit me. So the, the, the followers responded by saying, what are you talking about? When did you then when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or homeless or shivering or sick in prison and and needed help? Well, uh, Jesus goes back to them and say, whenever you fail to do one of these things to someone who was being overlooked or ignored, that was me. You fail to do it for me. So wh whenever we, we serve others, it's like you are, are serving in a way God because we see the divine in people, whether they are poor, whether they are, they are, they are hungry. And uh, that's why how Jesus responds. And I, I believe that the, the role of service is very sacred too. It's not that, no, I'm going to go out and help. But what we are doing from our faith tradition, everything we do is sacred because mm -hmm. we glorify God. We, 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 because we love God and that's why we are doing it. Yeah. 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 It's very interesting. And, and I think that uh, that bit that you quoted from the book of Matthew was very profound because mm -hmm. it emphasizes so much around how we need to look at and different in, in terms of shifting a person's perspective around yes, how to right. look after others. And the fact that you mentioned about showing compassion to the outcast. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a very, again, a very um, interesting point to, to be focusing on as, as a part of service and uh, in turn looking at your individual spirituality. Mm -hmm. mm. So thank you, Reverend Fellows. Uh, Sister Amina, what does the Quran have to say about service? Well, this subject is spread throughout the Quran. I, I, the Quran in general tends to intermingle a lot of subjects. Mm -hmm. So it's actually a bit hard for me to pick just one part. Yeah. Uh, and also, I had to actually think about this a bit when, when you first said that we're going to be discussing service, because I think in general, the Islamic texts tend to talk more about um uh, for example, either giving charity or, or various things that one might do, but they aren't all lumped together usually mm -hmm. under the umbrella of service. Um, uh, but, but definitely, um, frequently when the Quran mentions the importance of prayer, it also mentions the importance of uh, giving mm -hmm. charity um, or even one verse about giving charity during prayer. Uh, the idea is that these somehow go together and it is mm -hmm. not acceptable to do one uh, without the other. Or, or they might come from the same impulse. Uh, similarly, the Quran condemns uh, some people who uh, pray, but they, they, they go through the motions of prayer basically to show off to other people, uh, but then their hands are tied when uh, people around them are actually in need. So you know, the idea is someone who is truly praying will also be helping their neighbors or those around them to, to the extent of their capability. Mm. Uh, and, and there is definitely an acknowledgement uh, in the Islamic sources of the Quran and the narrations from the Prophet Muhammad that mm. we have varying capabilities. Uh, definitely mm. the Prophet society, um, there were some very wealthy people, but uh, mm. there, there was also a lot of poverty. There, there were famines. Yeah, there, you know, they're in the desert. This is before the modern era. So mm. you know, there, there's oftentimes a sense that it's not 
so much about how much you're giving, but but you're giving what you can and, and for the mm -hmm. right reasons. Yeah, you know, so for example, right. um, you know, someone came to the prophet once with, oh, and he said, I only have a date. So, you know, he, uh, he was suggested to give half, half a date because yeah. that's what you have. Mm -hmm. uh, but obviously for someone who has more, uh, they can give more. Uh, but I think the ethos of uh, giving in general, mm -hmm. whether again, it's giving of uh, physical objects uh, or time and uh, talents and so forth, uh, is in one of the um, parts of the Quran, which speaks about giving people food. It says we give you this food for the sake of God. So the idea is mm. one is doing it with a, a God centeredness, oh, yeah. mm. with God in mind. Mm. Uh, we do not seek from you any sort of reward mm. or thankfulness. So right. some mm. people they do they give things to people because or we do it because we want something back from them, yeah. whether it be love or acceptance or mm. yeah, sometimes whatever it is, favors. But we give this not wanting anything in return and not even be concerned about whether or not uh, someone thanks us um and um oh, and out of love for god or sometimes out of love for the person there's actually yeah. the text is a bit vague and it can be taken uh, both ways um but perhaps all of this can be summed up by a narration from the prophet muhammad which says that the best of human beings is the one that is most beneficial to human beings now that this again is, is part of the underlying ethos, but again, the way we, we all manifest that individually is going to be different. Um, now, I, I don't have managerial capabilities, for example, so it would be a disservice to humanity if I were put in that position, but I have other things that I can do, and I'm the same with every, everyone else. Mm. Because I, I, and it's very interesting because you started off with the uh, with the point where that, that the Quran, every time it talks about prayer, mm. it talks about charity. Mm -hmm. And and as far as I know, and I have very limited knowledge of the Quran, the, the description for charity isn't there anywhere in terms of it being just monetary, is it? it uh, has, this is true. Yeah. It has. I mean, zakat, uh, you know, which is generally these days understood to be the religious text. I mean, these days, like after the full revelation of the Quran, because it was revealed in parts. Um, I, I mean, either that is understood to be monetary or, or other uh, material, you know, like animals and, and mm. so forth. Um, but yes, in, in general, um, charity as, as a concept could involve other things. Um, but, but I do think in general, um, these things, basically what I'm trying to get at is these things are discussed from different angles. Mm. Mm. I, I mean, for example, it is uh, part of the corpus of narrations that uh, I forget how many, but something like 32 out of 33 parts or some 77 or out of 78 parts of uh, worship is actually mm -hmm. one's uh, work. So one's, you know, lawful mm -hmm. livelihood insofar that one is, you know, supposed to work in a, an area which will be beneficial to people. And so that's something that one might actually take a wage for. But the idea is if you're doing it for the right reason, uh, it can be yeah. seen as an act of worship and obviously doing things uh, out of generosity and not seeking anything you know, any sort of wage is also uh, generosity, but there isn't um, there isn't only one thing that's prescribed. Perhaps that's what you were saying. So I'm yes, just um, yes. Because going back around it, to that. Because sometimes, it, because I, I, and I've heard quite a few scholars say that the Quran is not a book of prescriptions for you. It mm -hmm. has got it has got laws in it. It has got specifics mm -hmm. around areas where there is need for it to be specific, but in some aspects. 
um, it is it is vague, and I think charity is probably one of those spaces which has been left vague to understand. And this is just me and saying in terms of service, because it can change through eras around what is charity mm. looking at. Mm. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, and 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 that kind of is is what um, I think kind of highlights and both the text that has highlighted here. It is about showing compassion yeah. to someone yeah. who is in need at a point in time with different things. Mm. Am I right in getting that? Uh, yes, I, I think also it's good to keep in mind that um, we go through ups and downs in life yeah. and sometimes we can give and sometimes we are in need and maybe in need of receiving. And mm -hmm. I think that um, part of giving is also maintaining that humility and acknowledgement that this could be us and it may have been us and it may be us in the future, but mm -hmm. um, this is what we're doing right now because this is the role we have given. Um, I think another thing that tends to underlie um, both the Quran and uh, classical Islamic discussions on this mm -hmm. is just the sense that all human beings share an inherent respect mm -hmm. as the as the creation of God and you know, some people who are maybe more spiritually inclined would say the manifestation of, of God's names and attributes. Mm. Uh, and so because of this, it, it's, um, you know, it, it is a, a human uh, brotherhood and, and sisterhood, if, if you will. It's not a, a sort of um, hierarchical thing where yeah. someone in the higher position is giving to another, but yeah. mm -hmm. uh, it, it's a bit of an honor. I, I recall mm. one of our, um, more than one of our ethical scholars uh, mentioned once that um, it's a great opportunity if you have the opportunity to put money in the hand of a beggar, so hurry up and do it or Satan might come and snatch away the opportunity. So yeah, that, that's how they used to see it, that I, I have this opportunity and I should thank God for this opportunity. <laughs> uh, maybe in the modern era, we don't always have as much of this ethos around yeah. in general, but hopefully we can. And, and also, as, as you have pointed out, that we, we cannot separate charity, good works, uh, prayer. It, it, it's all um, intertwined. And um, um, as we pray for someone or a situation, and, and uh, there will be a, a time where perhaps we can respond to the situation and uh, perhaps we are put in that uh, in that situation where we can say, "Oh, I can do this for them." So it's all um, connected and connected prayers and um, and also, as you have pointed out, which I totally agree that um, uh, we do it because we want to glorify God. Because uh, if we do it because we want to feel good, but of course, sometimes we do feel good helping others. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but we must always um, be very clear of our perspective, why we are doing it, and, um, and, uh, and, and um, to fulfill the purpose that why we are here to help one another yeah yeah i think sometimes in this day and age um because uh the way some of the dominant worldviews of this era are very mm -hmm. material we do sometimes mm -hmm. forget that prayer is a service yeah, and it's an important right. way um mm -hmm. to benefit and help other people uh mm -hmm. it's not the only one uh, yeah, and yeah. certainly there's nothing in the islamic text that say you should only sit there and pray and not yeah, actually get yeah, up and do something yeah. 
Um, but it can have a profound effect, and, and it is a it is a social service uh, mm -hmm. in, its, in its own way. And then, of course, combining that with practical assistance is uh, mm -hmm. ideal. Mm. And it's very interesting you mentioned, Sister Romina, that prayer is a service because mm. when, when you look at the signs outside churches, it's the Sunday service, mm. which, which is there. And, and like you said, that even praying is a kind of community service because I think it's got the element of showing interconnectedness. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, never had thought of that. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so that then leads us into the question around, because we're saying service is so critical, service helps us understand our place in the world, it helps us work towards improving our spirituality. How, how does the, the description of service that you've provided help individuals in leaving, leading a better life in your communities? So um, in the sense of how do individuals perceive it? Perhaps you could talk to that. Hmm, interesting. How do individuals perceive? Hmm. Most of the people that I have come across and um, they are very thankful. They are very thankful that um, that uh, they they feel that they are valued that that they matter that the situation they they are in that someone cares enough to to lend a helping hand and uh, it, it's like I, I i had a call from a person who was unable to pay her power bill because it was cut and uh, she couldn't you know and she was in darkness and and uh, and it's a grandmother looking after grandkids and all that. So we responded through the church to pay her power bill so they'd be reconnected on the same day. And um, and uh, the, the response from her was, you know, I've called so many people and I did not get the help that I want. And I went to her house and... Um, and as a, and uh, did the transfer so that she could um, do do the connection. Um, it's it's because she I know that she felt very valued because here's a grandmother looking after five grandkids because her daughter was in hospital and and you know things build up and she couldn't afford. So it's it's just to say to this person, we care. You, you know and and we are we you know and uh, you are amazing in yourself that you're looking after your grandkids and it's unfortunate that this thing has happened and and uh, but i think the most important thing is to see the smile on her face and um, and uh, and to say you know thank you someone cares yeah mm -hmm. Because that, that, that you've, you've got a very important point there about feeling valued. Yeah. Because often, sometimes people, and going back to the point that you made earlier, that sometimes people are left as outcasts and mm -hmm. they're not made to feel valuable in the sense yeah. that, that we don't value their existence as a human often. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think sometimes our assumption is that, oh, why, why must you help? 
um, you know, them. And uh, because they might use the money or whatever you give in different ways. Why do you want to give to a person who is, you know, uh, homeless and who's asking for money? And uh, so there's always that. And mm. uh, say, why do you give them? You're encouraging dependency and all these things. But for me, at the end of the day, I always say that by helping someone, I will not be poorer. You know, and it's between that person and God. This is from my faith. I'm saying that it's between that person and God. If that person uses the money on something else, then that person has to be accountable someday. You know, but I, that will not stop me from being, you know, showing that kindness and and giving a helping helping hand. If 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 I want to um, think of all the negative things, or what are they going to use the money for? Are they going to you know buy smokes? And are they going to do that? But that's I'm I'm giving uh, generously, and I don't want to have that condition. Mm. Yeah, and what the person does with this between that person and the creator—that's <laughs> what I say to to people. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Reverend Fellow, Sister Romina. What do you have to say? Um. Yes, I agree with that completely. That um, the poverty of our era and perhaps every era is not only um, you know, financial or monetary, mm -hmm. but it is also a, a lack of, of respect and value and. I think just mm -hmm. because there's so many people nowadays, especially, yeah. um, oftentimes the individual life maybe doesn't have the same sense of value to, to mm -hmm. society in, in many places, especially in a very large city or, you know, a very crowded area. And so uh, definitely uh, restoring that, that uh, mutual bond of respect uh, is important. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, m most people are, are grateful when they need a place to stay or the mm -hmm. family to stay. And, um, but beyond that, uh, of course, um, you know, a lot of benefit, I, I think, is on the side of the person who is able to give. I, I mean, mm -hmm. you mentioned it makes people happy, but you know, as the Quran says, if, if you do good, you do good for your own selves. And if you do evil, mm -hmm. you do it against yourself. That, mm -hmm. you know, whatever you do um, reflects back on yourself and mm -hmm. shapes That's who right. you are. Um, and, you know, if you, if you will, it, it makes you who you are. And if, if we're looking at um, attempts at spiritual ascension, that to do things mm -hmm. for the right reason and, and with mm -hmm. the right intention, um, from an Islamic perspective, we would say also for the sake of God is also... Uh, how we would come closer to God. And part mm -hmm. of that is also, as I was alluding to before, thanking God for the opportunity to be able to, you know, to do this. So, for example, for the, um, for the wealth to be able to give or whatever it is. Um, so there is, um, you know, there, there is a benefit on both sides. And as I was mentioning before, also just in, in general, in terms of, of building a sense of community and yeah, maybe that's especially important in this day and age because in a lot of places yeah. uh, there is a sort of breakdown of community um, mm -hmm. and a lot of, you know, every man or, or woman for themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, at least this um, you know, that does restore a bit mm -hmm. of the human bond. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it is considered, um, you know, in, in Islamic tradition that if you, it, it is specifically stated that if you give something in charity, God will give it back to you um, mm -hmm. multifold. Uh, in yeah. fact, you know, some more traditional people will sometimes, if, if they're having a financial problem, will, they'll give charity. You know, yeah. with faith, God will improve their mm -hmm. uh, financial circumstances. Not, not mm -hmm. that that's the reason you should do it, but 
Yeah, and, and again, it's just mm. part of the sense that, again, yeah. you know, we, we may uh, work and manage mm. the financial aspects of life prudently, but in the end, uh, God mm. is the source and, and God provides. And, mm. you know, as ha has been mentioned in some of the Islamic texts, if there is mm. there are people who lack the basic needs, it's not that God has not provided for them, but other mm. human beings have taken that away. And, yeah, yeah. You know, again, we do see a lot of institutionalized inequity in this day and age. So, mm. yeah, we, we do what we can, but, but there are, of course, uh, yeah, that's right. problems these days that need to be uh, sorted uh, out. Uh, as I said, that we are all interconnected, even when we provide a service, uh, if, if when we want to provide a service and we are unable to, there's always those resources around us to mm -hmm. help us. So that's again that that connection. But and and there's another form of there's also another form of service. In, mm -hmm. Yeah, it could be a budgeting advice or it could be something else. You know, and and um, social housing. And, and uh, so we, we have to be wise also in, in our service and tap on the, the resources to, to help the person to have a, a, a better life and uh, more people coming to the party may be more helpful for that person, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, uh, thank you, both of you. And I think there was one specific point which I probably want to drill down a little bit more deeper into because we mentioned that there is a lot of um, there, there is more there are more and more people on the earth who are needing resources or support or the are becoming clients of service. But there are also a lot of billionaires and millionaires and trillionaires being created mm -hmm. across the world. And people sometimes, even if they have enough, they they are in this run for getting more. Okay, mm -hmm. I need to have this. I need to have more of this. I need to buy that car, even though I might have a car which is one of the top class one. I still need to buy. Do you think that there is a lot of desensitizing going around, around just being human? Are we being desensitized to 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 the to the suffering of other humans? I think there's sometimes the assumption that not only the assumption people feel that why should I help they brought it upon themselves if they you know uh, lift wisely and use their money wisely um, they would have a better life so why must I provide for them so so there is that as you said you become um you are not sensitive to their needs anymore because you said they can do it. If the, the wealth, if they are in the welfare system, they can be taken care of. Mm. Somebody else can take care of them. I, I, I don't have to. Um, and uh, so there's always this talk about this taxpayers' money, taxpayers' money. So why should I? I've already paid. So let the the government or whoever look after them. I don't have to. So. Um, I, I think if you come, if you look at things from that perspective, then as you said, you desensitize yourself. Yeah, because it's not your problem; it's their problem. Mm. Yeah. Sister Amina. Yeah. I think there's a few things going on. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think in general, throughout history, 
people who have wealth have oftentimes um, almost immediately used it to isolate themselves more, whether it's to build a big mansion or uh, strengthen their national boundaries or whatever it is. I suppose that says something about human nature. Mm. Um, and so in a sense, for those who have uh, a lot of wealth, um, that can be a, a sort of perpetuating cycle and it can be very easy to lose touch with uh, other people if someone gets caught up in that. Um, but beyond that, I think today we're also suffering from what I guess you could call compassion fatigue, just because uh, mm -hmm. prior to this era, uh, we didn't have this level of uh, information overload. And mm -hmm. there are a lot of really horrible things happening, you know, around us and could mm -hmm. be in our own lives. So, because I don't like to use the us versus them binary. Sometimes it is us and sometimes it's them. Um, or it could be in another country or another part of the city mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And there's just so much that I think uh, a lot of people can't really process it. And so mm -hmm. I think there might be a tendency sometimes to shut it out. And then mm -hmm. sometimes it is just othering other people. Um, mm -hmm. People from another country are somehow, you know, less valuable or different or another, mm -hmm. you know, again, another part of the city, another race, whatever it is. Uh, I, I think that's part of it. And... I, I do think that in many places, for whatever reason, as I was saying, some of the social bonds have broken down. And that might be mm -hmm. because uh, a lot of people just have physically uh, moved from places which um, which they might have an ancestry. And so there are some kin ties sometimes help to, to build up a sense of community or belonging. You know, you, you have a, a big city like, like London, for example, a lot of mm -hmm. people come and they don't have family or support or mm -hmm. you know, long term friends or whatever. And, and so there is this sense of alienation and mm -hmm. not feeling connected to people. And, and I do personally think that that is um, something that has come with the spread of secularism and, and is mm -hmm. one of the downsides of it. Um, just because religion has, in any culture, one of the main functions of religion has been to, to bring people mm -hmm. together and to give a sense of uh, belonging and, and compassion. And it can mm -hmm. be very difficult to give that when you don't, receive it yourself because when mm -hmm. no one is you don't feel that someone is caring about you or you're part mm -hmm. of their you know society or other people's lives uh, it's difficult to reach out so I, I think that's also what's going on but i, I think it's a, a complicated issue these days mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. because uh, and, and you've touched on some you both touched on some really um important points here around you know uh, reverend Fuller, you talked about people becoming judgmental about mm -hmm. why should i do this they already are getting taxpayer money as mm. a, through the benefit systems that we've got, mm. and and I think it and so so I, and what I picked up from both of you was that we need if if we are people who claim to be following faith, we need to move above that and become mm. non-judgmental, mm -hmm. and and also try and understand how we are interconnected in here. Mm -hmm. Now, before I move to my next question, which has, which is kind of, which is, which is going to be on a different level, I do want to talk, ask both of you: Are there any exemplars of service that you have seen in your faith communities that you want to just mention about? Are there any exemplars? Like, are there specific individuals whose story you want to share, which has really touched you in terms of their service ability, in terms of what they gave to the community? Um, I, I, I am touched by a couple. I mean, they are, they are not in my, my church. Um, 
uh, this couple, I think we, with their son, they every Tuesday morning at 7.30, they are at the Margaret Mahi Playground in Christchurch, and they provide breakfast without fail. And they don't have funding, and they don't apply for funding. It's out of their own generosity and the generosity of the people around. And every Tuesday morning, they are there providing breakfast for people who are hungry. And because mm. there's some homeless people around that area too. And, um, and I, I admire them. I, I admire their commitment and uh, their service and their, their compassion for people. And uh, they're doing it out of compassion. Mm. Mm. And I hope they're listening to the show. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Sister Ramina, do you want to give us any examples? a lot of examples to choose from. I mean, sometimes you see people who do big things, like they had big projects or international mm -hmm. organizations. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you see people doing things very privately. I mean, I, I do yeah, know a lot of people right. who you know, they, they do something as simple as you know, they, they know a family who can't uh, mm -hmm. afford to pay rent, so they mm -hmm. support them that way or you know, some mm -hmm. other way, which is sort of a almost a casual sort of thing, and it, it's not it's not through the intermediary of something institutional. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. Uh, but in terms of things that have caught my attention, um, you, you may be aware that uh, definitely in the past decades, um, gang violence in Los Angeles mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. very uh, severe. I mean, it's still mm -hmm. there, but it's it, it has gone down a lot. And uh, there were two, you know, the Bloods and the Crips were two of the biggest uh, mm -hmm. gangs, at most well-known, I should say. Uh, and, and there was a Muslim uh, leader, Sheikh or Imam of the Mosque, who was able to mediate uh, peace between them. And, and I think mm -hmm. they had something like a two-thirds reduction in uh, murder rate um, in, wow. in the area. And, you know, this is something that you can't fund it. You, you can't send in someone to do it. And, and he did it step by step by, you know, sitting with people who had, mm -hmm. um, you know, they'd suffered loss. And, you know, so there was you know, a certain amount of hatred there. And just bringing people together and, you know, in, encouraging people to um, make peace. And I, I mm -hmm. think that part of his um, approach was how the Prophet Muhammad did this among his own people, because there were these sorts of you know, similar tribal wars at the time. Uh, and he was able to do that, and that, that's not something that um, you know, really uh, anyone was able to do before. Uh, but you know, for whatever reason, uh, through the grace of God, it, it, it happened, even though it's something that people wanted to happen. But you know, for it to happen took uh, somehow the mediation of a person. Um, and you know, that, that's, that's his job and his, his task. It's again something I, I couldn't have done. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have an, a friend or an acquaintance, whatever you want to call her. I know someone. Um, and this is something I actually didn't know about her, but um, in certain, you know, well, she used to go visit Iraq, and especially oh, um, during the past few decades, there were a lot of uh, orphans and street mm. children, just because so many people through, fell through the cracks on society. And if they see you're a foreigner, they, they just start begging because, mm. you know, you look like someone who, who they might get, get money from. And a lot of people will just give money, but uh, apparently she... Um, took in a number of these kids and directed them on a vocational path. So she sent them to training and they grew up and they got jobs. And instead of just basically mm -hmm. not getting any education, not going to school. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, as someone who's not rooted in the society, I, I think that's, um, that's very difficult, first of all, because mm -hmm. to know what to do or how to do it, it's much easier just to give money, which you know has a value. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I didn't know this. And then these kids are, are grown up now and you know, mm -hmm. like, wow. And, and you know, so I'm saying sometimes these things are very quiet and both of those things yeah, are quiet. True. Actually, mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know about, you know, really the situation in LA. I mean, you don't get a sense when you're there that, you know, some parts aren't quite as dangerous anymore, but mm -hmm. um, you know it, it's interesting once you actually get into what's happened. Mm -hmm. And that's that's again, you know, something which can the the whole idea of service redefined. Mm -hmm. I feel, you know, it's mm -hmm. not something I'm doing to to prove mm -hmm. myself, but it's something I'm doing because it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. It's it's built in within the ethos of the faith that you're mm -hmm. following. And you yeah. just do it because you want to um, please God. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So uh, thank you for sharing those stories. I'm sure we'll have a little <laughs> bit of follow-ups on those stories <laughs> going forward. My, my kind of my last question now as we come towards the end of this, uh, this discussion. I know we've talked a lot about service uh, mm -hmm. as something for humanity. But what I wanted to also ask you was, should the idea of service only be related to human, humanity in general? Or should we be extending it wider? Because I'm sure both of you will agree that the whole creation mm. is God's. Mm -hmm. So what is, our, what is our obligation towards service, towards um, the environment, towards mm. the animal kingdom, the plant kingdom? Mm. Because often faith communities do not mm -hmm. want to talk about those topics at all. You know, we want to mm -hmm. focus on service to humanity. It's all about humans. Mm -hmm. Do not capture the mm -hmm. idea of the environment or mm -hmm. the idea of other forms of life that are part of our planet. Mm -hmm. So what are, you, what are your views on that and how can we actually do it better? I, I have strong views on that. Uh, everything on our planet is all interconnected. Humanity, creation, the land, the sea, the sky. We are all, we coexist together. Mm. We are dependent on one another. We are dependent on nature. We are dependent on the land. And because the, if you, the, the whole planet um, uh, provides for us you know, it, it, you can say spiritually, emotionally, it sustains our life and it's part of our being. And, um, and uh, we have a responsibility to look after this planet. We have one shot in life and, the, and uh, creation, the animals matter to us and, um, and, um, and we we have to respect this their own their sacred habitat too. I believe in that because in in, in the name of progress and sometimes their own habitat has been destroyed, you know, violated, and they are the voiceless creatures that God cares about. And uh, it is our responsibility to to be of service to to to. Uh, to enforce that justice 
for not only humanity and for for creation because the planet sustain the land sustain us economically mm. and um, and uh, people become poor it's all connected because land has been taken away from them people can survive you know on a piece of land growing their food but it's all taken away from them and uh, and uh, so how would they survive so it's it's all greed for me i feel that it's all greed sometimes that you want more and more and um, and and uh, if you you feel that um, uh, i am important but not creation then it, it, you you don't care we we don't care about the animals or the planet because we want what we can get out of the land out of um, uh, uh, the whole planet that that will sustain me that will sustain my family and uh, so we we have to to always bear in mind that we are all interconnected when the chain breaks people suffer mm-hmm. people suffer everywhere when the chain breaks we talk about climate change is happening and um, i i think i'll stop after saying this i think the covid has taught us a lot because there is um, a, a evidence that creation was restored when we had all the lockdown i mean birds that we have not seen even new zealand we are seeing and it's like the land needed that rest so that should teach us that we are all connected yeah Mm. Mr. Ramina. Yeah, I agree it has taught us a lesson although um humanity hasn't yet shown itself to be very good at taking lessons but uh, <laughs> it's nice to hope that maybe some things will change. Uh, from a Quranic perspective, um everything in creation is said to have uh, an awareness of God and be mm. in a yeah, perpetual state right, of yeah. worship except for mm. the beings that have free will not to do mm. that such as human mm. beings. Uh, but uh, plants and animals uh, or even inanimate objects uh, are considered to you know to, to have a, um, a connection and even some sort of to God mm. and some awareness as well as the Quran uh, refers to the various um, communities mm. of animals as well with respect. Uh, and with the you know within the prophetic teachings uh, we, we are told to be kind to animals and not to mm-hmm. overburden mm-hmm. them or yeah, yeah. Any harm them and also plants well at the same time we, we are allowed to um, to use them for, for mm-hmm. our own, mm-hmm. you know farming and uh, you know, herding and, and so forth um, but I do think that uh, a lot of the problems we have today environmentally do come from the sense of objectifying the natural world so that <coughs> Mm. Yeah, that that sense of um, you know that bond, if you will, between mm. the human being and the rest of uh, the natural world. Yeah, as well as the sense that these uh, beings have an intrinsic uh, mm. spiritual value in and of themselves. Uh, that has been lost just in the sense of, like you were saying, um, what can we get from them or commodifying mm. them? And if mm-hmm. if there had been a, um, you know, I, I think if people, you know, as a mass had continued to see things, you know, including mm. plants, animals, uh, you know, mining, etc., mm. uh, as um, as beings with some awareness, or you know, it's mm. said that uh, in the afterlife, you know, these things will also speak about how they were treated or what happened to them or, or what I did with them, yeah. and then we wouldn't mm. quite be in the mess we have today. Uh, mm. Unfortunately, you know, we've 
built up so much momentum in uh, you know, causing harm to the planet that it, it is difficult to, to reverse that, even though we're trying. Mm -hmm. uh, and perhaps one uh, long-term shift, which I, that I think is probably happening anyways, is to mm -hmm. move away from, from the human object metaphor to the mm -hmm. human being as, as part of the mm -hmm. um, creational mm -hmm. order, but other things also having uh, their value in it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, not all, I can say that not all Christian tradition teaches about um, uh, the interconnectedness that we have with creation. Because uh, there is also this, this um, uh, concept that uh, we, this world will vanish and we will go to a better world. So if you have uh, that in mind and uh, committed to that, that this, this world will vanish, so why do I need to care? I'll go to a better place and a better world. Then you will not care for the planet. You will not care for creation. You will not care for humanity. And my perspective is um, uh, wherever we are, let it be heaven on earth and mm -hmm. uh, continue to, to make things right. You know, serve and uh, serve, practice justice, walk humbly, and uh, and I don't wait for the new world to arrive. I'm already in it now. I want to to make this place a better place, and experience that heaven that we always talk about here on mm -hmm. earth. Yeah, I think when we think in terms of that, then our perspective will change in terms of our relationship with creation, with humanity. That uh, we need each other to survive. Yeah, we need each mm. other. Yeah, I, and I think you put it very beautifully, Reverend Phil, when you said that when the chain breaks, we all mm. will suffer, which mm. is again going back to you know the points that both of you raised around greed and objectifying of mm -hmm. resources. And I think uh, looking at it back from what uh, you know what we Sister Ramina said that the the use of these resources is questionable when we go into that next world where mm. we will be questioned around how we treated mm. the 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 gifts that we were given including mm. the various aspects of creation mm. but but I, I but i feel that sometimes that that discussion doesn't happen a lot in faith communities mm. we do not talk so much about it because because we, we I, I, I don't know if it is less important, that's probably why it's not picked up. But I think as a, as a consequence of this discussion, I can certainly see that there is so much work that faith communities can do towards service because mm -hmm. of the connection that you have, you both pointed out around spirituality. It's for my individual spirituality to do well that I can go out there and be a better person by serving every as being providing service in every aspect, not just one. So before we can, of, yeah, no, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say I think part of the reason these discussions might not be going on as much as they should be is how disconnected a lot of people have from the land. I mean, I saw something going around on the internet a while ago where this um, father was saying that, you know, my son said, wow, the word chicken means two things. It's an animal and it's a food. You know, but th there's this 
you know, a lot of people growing up nowadays who, mm. um, you know, for example, I was teaching physics one year and I realized some of the students had never even looked up at the moon because, you know, there's pollution <laughs> and light pollution and people don't tend to go outside mm. at, at night a lot due to safety. And this mm. is really uh, unprecedented in, in the history of humanity. Mm. Um, but I think that also uh, adds to this. I mean, to some degree, it, it can be somewhat theoretical to talk about things such mm. as the treatment of animals if you're not actively engaging with animals at all in your daily life, about all you can do is maybe consider ethical purchasing. Um, I don't know if this is going to be the condition of human beings forever, but I think um, yeah, that that's maybe one of the obstacles mm. to, to this sort of discussion. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not the case there, but you know, mm-hmm. it happens sometimes. Which is a fair point because I can see that originally coming from India mm-hmm. and the lifestyle that I've had. I I probably didn't look up at the sky so many times as I would, as I do now. I would stare hours at the sky here because there are no high rises here. Wow. <laughs> Sounds nice. <Isn't> it, Reverend Philo? <laughs> and in Singapore, there is high rise. I don't look at the sky often. <laughs> and i think that's a very good way to um kind of end our discussion today because that's obviously given us a lot of food for thought around how we want to look at service uh, in different aspects of life so thank you very much to both of you thank you hafsa thank you amina i'll remember yeah i remember that compassion fatigue that's very interesting Mm. yeah been listening to Open Table on Plains FM. You can like us on Facebook and join the discussion. Podcasts of this series are available on Spotify, iTunes and the Plains FM website. Open Table has been made possible by the efforts of Lady Khadija Trust with funding provided from the Office of Ethnic Communities. Thank you for listening. Thank you.